The following show was recorded live at Black Hat on the floor at the Palo Alto booth right there in front of all the crowds. We had folks sitting in the audience. We had folks walking by and stopping to see what this live podcast spectacle was all about. It was a fantastic, fantastic event. Chris Tillett is my guest. He's with Palo Alto. I've known him for years. He is a gem in this industry. It's a fantastic show. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Cyber Ranch Podcast. Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford, President and CISO at Alan Alford Consulting. Now for a brief word from our sponsor. Palo Alto Network's XSIAM allows for a complete rethink of the SOC by its machine-powered, human-led SOC platform. See it in action yourself at a workshop near you. All righty, howdy, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Ranch Podcast, live on the floor with Palo Alto Networks at Black Hat. Thank you guys for coming. I want to introduce you to my guest, Chris Tillett from Palo. Chris, tell us what you do at Palo Alto. I am in strategic product intelligence. It sounds, it makes me sound really smart and an R and D. So basically I'm jaded and I help build products to avoid the jadedness. I like it. I like it a lot. And CISOs hopefully can benefit from those products, but that's what we're here to talk about folks. As a CISO, I got to tell you, vendors can be really annoying. And so I want to, I want to call this vendor out a little bit on some of these vendor behaviors that happen here. So let's say, first of all, sometimes I get a calendar invite in my calendar that didn't even have an email dialogue with it. It's just literally a blind calendar invite from a vendor. And I have a meeting one day on my books and I'm like, who is this guy? And I check my email and I check LinkedIn. I've never even talked to this person. You ever done that one? Um, well, you know, there's a reason why I have Maltigo, right? So like, it's just, you know, it's the six steps to Kevin Bacon and uh, I'm under a lot of pressure and I've got to move this product. So it is what it is. Okay. okay. You know, I, I have a, a, you know, and I think I can help you with um, my, Autonomous AI, zero trusted sock platform. Um, put some money in the hat. And folks, what this hat is all about, this is the buzzword hat. Anytime a vendor uses a buzzword, and I think that was about three of them, money goes in the hat. Now this hat, go ahead, put it in. Wait, wait, wait. Am I, am I continue to have the sales call if I put the money in? Yeah, you're okay, all right. Okay, good. I can. You're all right. We're donating today to Black Girls Code. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that charity. One of my absolute favorites in the industry. Tackling the fact that we don't have enough women in cyber teaching them early, tackling the fact that we don't have enough black folks in cyber, teaching them early, getting them in, bringing them in. It's a great charity. That's who we're donating to today. You do any more buzzwords, that's more money in the hat. And that goes for you guys too. I hear any buzzwords from the audience, money's going in the hat. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So Chris Tillett, uh, another thing that vendors do that annoys me is, um, you know, I do my research and I figure out I got this platform need and I got all these features that I want and I come to you guys and you don't always have all the features I want. Mm. So what's the deal there? Well, uh, you know, when you're building a platform, you've got to be intentional, right? And so when you look at it, any of these vendors you walk to, if they had to get investor money, and that's just reality, it is what it is, they have to have a, what they call in SaaS, a 10X feature. Jason Lemkin talks about it. It's what differentiates you from your competition. So with ours, that's a single front end, single back end for all security operations. That takes time to build. Now, the reason why we don't have every feature is in reality, a lot of the features that you're resting on are literally like 
hey, monkey see over here. Don't look at the garbage that we have over here. Did, did you just call me a monkey? Uh, no, I'm just, that's just the way it is. We're just calling it out. Okay. okay. Uh, but but it's just, a, the, the idea is, is that, you know, people love their features, but in reality, is that what you should be using? Should you be doing that? Hey, look, Gartner said I'm supposed to use those features. And well, Gartner said I'm supposed to buy the Magic Quadrant. And Gartner said, you know, Gartner said a lot of things. And I'm paying a lot of money to Gartner, so I'm just going with what they say. Well, the Tragic Quadrant doesn't really take it. it that's very, very helpful for people to get funding and to understand the total addressable market. Uh, I'm actually trying to actually help people in their workflows. So I don't really care about the uh, that quadrant so much as I'm trying to build a product to market. So I can't, I really don't have the the ability to match every feature. And quite frankly, when I look at your operations, whoop, uh, you guys are married way too much to those features. You need to change some of that. But you won't because of your internal politics. Let's just call uh, oh, 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 okay. You're going to call me on an internal politics. Let's talk about, let's talk about some vendor politics, buddy. Let's, let's talk about uh, first I meet my sales rep mm -hmm. and I start working with him or her. Mm -hmm. And then the SE comes in and I start working with him or her. Mm -hmm. And then halfway through the deal, some departmental shift occurs in your company. And suddenly I get this email from somebody I've never talked to who says, hi, I'm your person now. <laughs> What's that one about? Uh, that is called the VCs have reached the end of the quarter. And there's some dude who's an MBA who decides, hey, if we reshuffle the deck this way, I can get my bonus on and or or this isn't working and we've got a dearth of leadership here. So move these people around. So uh, that it actually does come back to our internal politics. So sorry. Yeah. About that. All right. All right. Sorry. So, so well, all right. You know, I'll put some money in the jar. I, I tell you what, you tell me something that CISOs can be doing better. Um, well, your RFP process for SIM is stupid. You're using the same process that Pete, the military uses to buy urinals at the lowest bidder. Okay, and your you your CEO bought SAP or whatever. They did not sit there and go and do the gaslighting dance that you guys do, and you know, uh, you know, tell us, um, can you put four kittens on the western slopes of West Virginia and refract light down into their whiskers into the low plains of Ohio? And you want to ask them, are you doing this now? And they're like, well, yeah, no, but you want to ask that stuff, um. I'm a CISO. Mm -hmm. I'm busy. Mm -hmm. I got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of demands. I got people just pressuring me constantly True. for this, that, and the other. So I need you to work miracles for me, Mr. Vendor. That's the deal. <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm going to tell you now the good vendors, uh, or at least I'll say this. I'm never going to tell you that I can do everything for you. Here's the trade-offs and the benefits of my platform. If you're going to help me continue to build my platform, which I'm going to need you to do, then you're going to need me to show, you need to show me the business and security outcomes as to what you're wanting. And then we can build that into the platform. So we actually can work with you. But when you do that gaslighting RFP process and you don't even give the vendors an opportunity to kind of show those benefits and you're trying to do that via a spreadsheet, how are you helping ultimately your people? Because I'm talking to your SOC people. And by the way, <laughs> they're miserable. Uh, that's not no man everyone loves working in the sock are mm. you kidding sock mm. analyst yeah. one well yeah they're all not they're all nodding they're all nodding their heads because they have. in the industry best job in the industry sock analyst one i've never met a sock analyst one who didn't think to himself i want to be doing this same thing in five years oh AI i got said hey i got said that's more money for black girls code folks in the buzzword hat uh actually chris do you have 20 bucks i could borrow yeah I do I want to mention something that you probably don't know about that CISOs deal with all the time. I call it airline magazine syndrome. My CEO flies on an airplane. 
picks up an airline magazine, reads a half-page article, and the half-page article says that we have to get the latest AI, post-quantum, blockchain, ML, zero trust, and he comes to me and asks me if I have that. Mm. And I have to explain to him, oh, yeah, I guess $20 and a half for that one. Uh, I, I, I have to explain to him that, you know, let's deconstruct those buzzwords and let's kind of walk through this realistically and mm-hmm. see what we're actually talking about. But the CEO doesn't always care because the magazine article said mm-hmm. we have to have that. Mm-hmm. So how do you help me explain to my CEO mm. what the heck's actually going on? So no one's doing AI on, on logs, but what I can show you is the simplified machine learning that's very easy to explain. Literally, I use a passport, a time card, and a health information form that you can explain to him and say, listen, listen, what they're really talking about is this. And the reason why you use that is it helps us find needles in haystacks and give us consistent outcomes that we, as the analyst, it'll bubble up those little points that we can then look at and go, this matters and that doesn't matter. Because you're right, Mr. CEO, we're drowning in data. And we can't do it by ourselves. So we do need analytics on that. And you just say, we're using AI on that to give us the consistent outcomes. And so I'll show you guys how that works. And then what we'll do is we'll actually prove it. So I'll actually show you, if, I'll take your 2.2 terabytes of 46243 logs, and I'll show you how we find the three or four anomalies out of that, that, that you then still have to investigate, but you ain't searching all that. So, so the theme of this show is all the crap vendors are doing wrong, and you're telling me you're doing something right, and you can actually help me usefully. This is blowing the deal. Yes. <laughs> all right. I'm going to get back to picking on the vendors. Just come on. I'm, I'm going to get back to picking on the vendors. How about uh, we've covered buzzword bingo. Mm-hmm. We've covered blind calendar invites. Mm-hmm. We've covered changing reps halfway through the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the other big annoying thing that vendors do that, that gets to me? It's the... Um, oblivion to competition mm. and and the idea that every vendor walks in the door thinking i'm the one i have the solution i am what you need like it's almost like there's some sort of zombie brain turning machine inside of every vendor that convinces every salesperson that they just need to come to me and go i am the holy grail so i have all i have you it is here it is me what's the deal there it's called sales kickoff so it, what they do <laughs> is they bring you to vegas <laughs> And they make you sit for 10 hours while you're off gassing alcohol. And then they're just drilling this crap into you. And then basically they wind you up like little toys and then they send you off. What the vendor should say is, hey, I'm considering this competition. And this is what I say to people. You'd be a fool not to. As a matter of fact, that confirms our strategy because they've matched us like for like with acquisitions. So in this rate, and this is what I say for people for this uh, zero trusted autonomous, I'll put cash in. Um, basically there's four horsemen and you should be considering these four because that's, what's really going to be able to handle exactly. And they, we've all got the right strategy. We validated it against each other. So you're on the right path. So what I'm telling you there is I have a differentiation. I'm the only one with a single front end, single back end, but that may not be for you. You've got to find what works for you. And I'm going to show you again, benefits, trade-offs. Maybe all I do for you is provide an API of something. And then you've already got a platform. And if I go in and try to be the intrepid salesperson who's going to get my deal, I'm going to blow up your security operations and you're never going to call me again. Ever. Ever. And you're going to tell your friends. Oh, yeah. Don't talk to that clown. He Don't. blew me up. So, so th- that's the thing. So, yeah, it's the sales kickoff. And you, you have to understand, if you bring 5,000 people to Vegas and you're getting ready to tell them I'm adding 30 points to 30% to your quota, 
you do need to fire them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. need to get them excited. That's fair. You know, so that's the issue. So that's what you're kind of dealing with. It's almost like that that brand new golden retriever puppy. That's what you're dealing with straight out of sales sales kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. I've had I've had CEOs before that I described as a Labrador syndrome, Labrador retriever in a room full of tennis balls. Um, and I think sometimes the sales guys do the same thing. But listen, I've been picking on the vendors this whole time. Mm-hmm. What's something the CISOs are doing wrong? We can be doing better. Um, you know what? The one thing is is like when I come in, sometimes I can see it in everyone's face. There's 35 of them, their arms are crossed, and I have to listen to every single person. I love the director of purple teaming. Like, okay, it's a function. That's like saying I'm the director of handshakes. Like, congratulations, you did a political appointment for somebody. Good, good job for you. So that kind of stuff. And the other thing is, is that when you get the guy that built the platform, and maybe that's what you had when you were young earlier, but it's no longer working for everybody, sometimes you need to help him or her listen. I appreciate you built that. I know you put a lot of hard work. You have a lot of value, but do this. Pat yourself on the back. Tell your mom, maybe they care. But at the end of the day, that's no longer scaling for us. And there's 35 people that have to work off of that. So you don't have to say it in that way, but like, don't sit there and do the adversarial thing. Just keep the vendor honest, but don't do the thing where you're kind of like trying to play stump the chump. Stump the chump benefits no one other than that person's ego and I've dealt with it enough. And let me tell you, I have great ways to, I, I dealt with this just even last week in DC and um, I wasn't stumped and I wasn't the chump, but I do it in a nice way and I do it in a kind way. But what was interesting is when that person got off Zoom, the entire team was rolling their eyes. Okay. So it was their moment to shine and I gave them their little moment. But at the end of the day, the other 34 people in the room were like, Thank God he got off the Zoom, and now we can ask the real questions. Right. Can, can I borrow 20 bucks, Chris? Yeah. So, so I was going to mention as the CISO, you, you, okay, so maybe I've got some false appointments, but i got to tell you, in, in cybersecurity, there's not too many roles. I know. And there's not too many leadership roles, and a lot of folks have really good, really strong skills and lots of good talent. But if I don't create a director of MI, MML, AI, MI, I'm inventing a new one. Let's go with MI. All right, machine intelligence. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and can, artificial we're, learning. Add that. we're adding that to the board right now. Artificial learning. Let's, let's just, let's go with all that. Anyhow, yeah. 20 bucks, more, more money for black girls code. Mm-hmm. My favorite charity. Um, but seriously, I have to appoint people sometimes and give them meaningful sounding roles just to keep them around. Yes. You don't want to lose your best talent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you've got appointments and roles and it's like, look, we're going to create a director role here for this kind of thing we're doing. And you're going to have nobody reporting to you, but you'll have a, <laughs> director title and yeah. it's because we love you and uh, don't want to lose you yes yes i and i totally get that my only thing is is at that point then you got to help them that's your leadership opportunity to help them go look this is your chance to lead this discussion so if you see you know bob the dashboard guy start going down a road kind of help steer the conversation to the business level outcomes because if you're focused on that thing that one little thing and you've got to have this or we're, you know, your product is crap. You're derailing that your weight, literally the vendor doesn't want to be there and none of your people are, you've wasted everyone's time. So that's an opportunity for you to upskill their leadership skills. And mm-hmm. then you're t- now taking your leadership skills and pushing it all the way down because it, it, the, the adversarial nature, here's the funny part. Um, guess who isn't having adversarial conversations? The bad guys. Yeah. Guess who isn't sitting there, uh, you know, telling me about this, that, and the other. They want that. They don't care about that you had to create that director role. 
They don't care about all that. That's the thing I'm trying to help people understand. We are, we're, we're playing politics where the uh, adversary doesn't have to. So the, th the, the lighter you can make it, the kinder you can make it. You can, listen, I want people to tell me, I don't like that part of your, about your product. Cool. That's great. We actually use this and this is how this works. That's awesome because that's real feedback. And I can say, listen, they're taking this and they're using this for an insider threat program. We'd be fools not to do this, right? We'd be fools not to do this because that's their value. What I just heard is that the CISOs are the innovators. Yes, they are. That's what I heard. And I heard design partnership might actually be a good strategy and a good way to go. Very good partnership. As a matter of fact, without our design partners, our products would be nothing. Because at the end of the day, I haven't been in practice for four years. So that's like a lifetime. If you talk to anybody who's in a SOC, it, I couldn't get hired back in a SOC right now. Um, I like to actually go back to operations and get basically every few years, I like to change it up and get a job that scares me so that I can grow. And when I talk to I people- I recommend being a CISO. Yeah. Um, that, uh, no, that's good. That's good, to, that's good to scare yourself. That really is a good thing to scare yourself and challenge yourself in this industry. And, yeah. and, and, and those who listen to my show know I have been a practitioner CISO five times now. I have been a vendor twice. And I'm now a consultant and a fractional CISO, kind of mixing it all up and doing some of this and some of that. And I truly believe, like, all joking aside, we've been picking on each other this whole show. This idea of design partnership, this idea that CISOs and vendors get together and cooperate and coordinate and start helping each other. If Chris comes to me with a challenge uh, that I've given him of helping me as a business leader in my company, and as a vendor, he responds to that need. We're cooking with gas, right? And what I'm talking about here is uh, my job is to manage enterprise risk. And I know there's chief risk officers out there, right? Cyber risk is just a subset of business risk. And CISOs and security practitioners get it all in their heads that they matter so much. And what we're doing is such a big shot deal. Oh, but it's cyber this and cyber that. And no, it's not. It's just another form of business risk. My job as the CISO, as a C-suite executive in whatever business I'm in, let's imagine we sell cowboy hats. My job is to help the company sell more cowboy hats efficiently and with less risk. That's it. That's my job. And so you as the vendor better be talking my business language as well and not just technology. Now for a brief word from our sponsor. Palo Alto Network's XSIAM allows for a complete rethink of the SOC by its machine-powered, human-led SOC platform. See it in action yourself at a workshop near you. It, it's interesting. When I give the presentations for my uh, MI-enabled platform now, yep. um, that I actually talk about your biggest expense, which is your people. So we were intentional. The reason why we don't have all the features, we were intentional about what we did because we we're saying, how do I help you manage your people better and, and manage their efficiency? The, the feature stuff is easy to add. Right. That can actually literally you've, you've probably done it yourself. You've added a feature into a deal. Right. You've yeah. added, but the, but if I, but if I can show you 10 percent improvement, if I can say, hey, you can bring on a level one analyst and that analyst in three months time could do what normally it would take 18 months to bring up. That's going to change things for you and your team. And so that is the conversations that we're having. It's got to be away from speeds and feet. You got to get into the speeds and feeds discussion. I love whiteboards. I love all that stuff. Yeah. But when you're first talking about it, the, you need to talk about the humans because if you look at it, when any of these companies want to reduce cost, do they fire their SIM, their EDR, their TIP platform? No, they let go people. It's funny that you say that though, because I actually use the phrase 
is it doing what I'm paying it to do? And if not, fire it. Yes. And I use that phrase with my technology mm -hmm. more so than my people. Thankfully, my people are always doing what I need them to do because yeah. I hire good teams and I love who I work with. But there have been products that I have fired. Yes. And, and one of the challenges we've got, and this is something that's on both of us. Mm -hmm. how, the, how the heck do we prevent shelfware? Oh. Because that's as much on you as it is on me. It is. That's, that's part of the enablement piece. And so one of the things I think that should be done with the product team is how do I enable this? How do I get the rubber that meets the road? That's my favorite part about showing a simplified architecture and saying, okay, this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to do that. Um, where are your logs at? How are you doing stuff on-prem? Where are you getting this? There's many times where I've been able to give them examples of what they can do, and it actually simplifies things. Like, oh, I didn't even know I could do that. You're like, yeah, here, do this, do that, and you'll actually make things easier. But the enablement, especially for what I'm doing, it's a, it's a long tail. So it, it requires me to make sure that in the racy chart of me handing off to my PS team or to a uh, partner that's going to do that, that I continue to stay engaged. So keep your account team engaged. I like it. I throughout like it. The entire process. All right. And I'll, I'll tell you this. There's two things that have started to bubble up for me that I'm starting to insist on with any product I purchase. One is I need a staggered stair-step approach. I can't just deploy the entire everything all in one go. I need a plan to ease it into my shop. And the other thing is it's got to be compatible in some way or another with the rest of my stack. <laughs> and if we're talking API, whatever that might be, I'm getting to a point where if it doesn't support API, it's not aware of the rest of my ecosystem. It's like, that's cute. Right. Um, and it may even be truly solving a problem I have, but I am buying it. Exactly. So if you're going on to Reddit and saying, hey, how do I build, what should I buy for a SIM? You are asking the wrong questions, okay? Because you're going to get four dudes that run like, I'm not going to say it, but one of these vendors at their house. And it's like, that's super cute for your house. And it helps you understand, you know, how the things go. But, you know, when you start getting into scale and uh, integration, there has to be, it has to be almost bulletproof. That's like when we built, a, we call it our broker VM. I'm like, it has to be active, active. You got to be able to do one DNS name to point everything to, and you can build 50 of them if that's what you need, but it's got to be bulletproof and it's got to handle these 15 ways of integrating because I'm asking people to take something that was in some cases built 10 years ago that they're still using, or they're using all APIs out of a cloud provider. I've got to have all that flexibility or I'm no use to you at that point. I get that. I totally get that. And I guess what I'm really hearing is the adversaries are cooperating with one another. Yes. And here we have this bifurcated world of cybersecurity where it's either the vendors mm. or the practitioners. Ne'er the twain shall meet. And when they do, they're butting heads. We got to clean that up, man. We do. How do we do that together? What do we do? How do we, how do we reach out to each other, help each other, and recognize, guys, we're all on the same team here? Yeah, I think, I think it's also the, the vendors having the approach of and, and is reaching out and saying, give us this feedback. Yeah. And then going back to the customer. And, and what I do in my sales process a lot of times, I'm not in sales anymore is I would actually go to the CISO after the deal was done and say, listen, um, we could have been, we could have had this done about six months ago, but this was the, this uh, gaslighting or this, you know, form you made me fill out or whatever it was. Random, that, random stuff. That, that, that murdered us. And, or your purchasing guy who wants to brutalize me for five points. Just tell me that up front and I'll give it to you. But yeah. you know, the whole, give me your best deal. And, you know, sometimes you can't and it, you know, there's business constraints on there too. There's people that have put hundreds of millions of dollars in there 
And so they have a right too to say when it's their money, because it was your money, they have a right to say, look, these deals won't last past this quarter. And I know people don't like that, but if it was your hundred million dollars in that product and you had all that, you'd say the same thing too. So yeah, otherwise you'd have nothing. You would literally have to grab everything off open source, build it and hope it works. I think that's fair because the, the CISOs never have any qualms telling the vendor after the fact what the feedback is. This is the first I've heard of the vendor coming of the CISO giving the feedback. This is a shout out to the CISOs who listen to my show. Like, guys, tit for tat. You know, if we you're... solicit it from you, why don't you solicit it from us? Exactly. CISOs need to be receptive to that feedback and listen to that. And I'll tell you this, I've learned the hard way as a CISO, that, that whole driving down the points thing. Oh, there was a period of time in my career I was ruthless, man. Any vendor walked in my shop, I'm like, you're asking for how much? Yeah. <laughs> and by the time we're done, I've got an 80% discount. And you know what I really got? I got a vendor who doesn't want to work with me. And I've got a vendor who, when it comes to renewal time, oh, they send out their champ because they know what they're dealing with. And I've quit building a relationship and I've started building a situation where all I'm doing is measuring you by the dollars. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's granted, one, they're looking pretty good in the hat. I know. I'll say this. There's one thing I'll say to everybody. There's no such thing as a great deal. There's no such thing as a great deal. If I have to give you a great deal, then I'm giving up something for you to do that. Or you're, or you're not getting everything that you needed because I had to cut stuff out. It's fair. You're, you're looking for fairness, right? I'm going to do you right. Maybe we, like you said, maybe we step it. Maybe we start here and we take an 18-month process to step into there. But I think if you always keep it fair, otherwise, it, 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 at the end of the day, like, do you want to spend four and a half years in a car dealership? You know, I, I did the other day, I had my twins. They were first born and it was in the pandemic. They were six months old. I literally wheeled them in and said, listen, I'm trading in this car. I need the minivan, Ugh, right? So I get the minivan and I told the guy, I'm like, look, you give me this for my car. That's fair. I'll give you this for the van. That's fair. We both end up dealing with it. I was in and out of that car dealership with six month old twins and an hour and a half done. That's the way. So, is. so my time's more valuable than going emailing, bombing back and forth for five points on it. Yeah. In yeah. reality, you know, you've got areas where you can massage your budget. Yep. All right. Well, I got one last request for the vendor community. What's up? Every good practitioner is always self-evaluating that tech stack and looking to rationalize it and looking to streamline it and looking to strip it down. I got a good friend, another CISO who put together his list of everything he thinks is the bare line base minimum that CISOs need, like every technology they need. His list was something like 47 different technologies. And I took one look at it and said, no, I want seven max. Like I want to reduce, reduce, reduce. I've never met a vendor who walked in the door saying, what's your rationalization strategy? What's your reducing strategy? Mm -hmm. I'm here to sell you one more on your pile and get you to 47. I'm not here to help you get down to seven. Mm -hmm. Here's how we can fit in. Here's how we can integrate. Here's what we can do to help you strip down to the bare bones you really need and give you exactly what you want. I've never heard a vendor even use the word tech stack rationalization. Not that that's one word, that's three words. So what, that's actually the reason why we built this single front end, single back end. Instead of the Gartnerization of IT, where you've got people clutching their pearls about my EDR vendor or this thing, this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, it's telemetry, capture, and a control point. So whether it's cloud, identity, endpoint, network, at the end of the day, it's telemetry, and then how do I control it? So that is exactly what that is. And so when you, when you look at that, that's the beauty, honestly, of the next two years, you're going to see a brutal consolidation because, you know, how many different code to cloud scanning things do you need? And in reality, yeah. if you already have something like that, can you go to that vendor? 
and have them tweak it and tune it. And then you're getting what, that one little extra thing, or then you can reevaluate them against that and say, all right, you know, to, so to me, you have to start with like, I would look at it and say, how do I have platforms for these four core areas? And there is your reduction. You okay. go to platform approach and then add features that you need. Got it. All right. And the last piece I'm going to ask for from the vendor community is, um, you know, it, it, it seems to me that every vendor who walks in the door, you know, we talked about the thinking they're V1 and V solution. I have never met a vendor who didn't self-describe as a disruptor. And I'm wondering if we're all disruptors, what is the status quo, right? And I'll use an example to pick on uh, security awareness training. As a CISO, every security awareness training vendor that comes to me says, we're not like all the other guys. We don't do that big hours long training once a year. We do these cool, short, entertaining snippets. Every single one of them sells me that we're disrupting this non-existent status quo. I just caution all vendors to think through when you're doing that. Yes. And, uh, and, and keep and, it real, man. And, and that's where you've, as a, and when you're building a product, you know, again, you focus on your 10X feature. The 10X feature is what makes you different. And then you look at the different features you want to add after. Like I learn a lot from Melissa Kwan. She's built three startups on her own, not in security at all, but I've learned a lot from her own product building. And she said, that's where your customers help you start doing that type of thing. So you let the customer disrupt themselves. You're not disrupting. Nice. They're disrupting because they know the business. Right. I don't right. know your business. I don't yeah. know what that is. That's it. That's it. That's it. The, you're the innovator, by the way. Remember? These yeah, yeah, CISOs yeah. Are, yeah. And, and this team here, they're the innovators. Tell me how to disrupt you. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, folks, I've been picking on Chris for being a vendor. He's been picking on me for being a CISO. The reality is we get along. Yeah. And we both believe in the same vision, which is protecting the good guys. From the bad guys. Yes. So it's a call out really to everybody who listens to my show, CISOs and vendors alike. Folks, we got to start cooperating. Yes. And, and be more open. Don't say, well, we're better than our competition for other vendors. Here's the benefits and trade-offs of our platform. And this is why we were intentional with what we did. We didn't add these features because either A, we didn't have that back-end tech right yet. That would have cost us $100 million to do that. But we do this, and our cus this is resonating to our customers. When you're that honest with them, they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, it, it shows, like, you actually thought about it. Yeah. You thought about me, how I'm going to work. What I try to do is I try to find what their motivation is and what they need. Yeah. And then at that point, if the vendor comes with that conversation, at the end of the day, it could be 18 months later. But you know what? Now I'm shaking hands. I, you just, we just saw Chris Cristaldo. Yeah. I sold him a product three years ago. It churned after I left. But the reason why he bought it for me, I told him the benefits, the trade-offs. And when he would ask me, Chris, should we do I'm like, no, 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 that, 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 that no worky. Yeah, don't do don't that touchy. part. Don't touchy. Do don't that Don't touchy. Part. Don't, but this works really, really well. And yeah. that's like your three use cases. So do that and then forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. And, and you know, one thing to the CISOs too, the false purchasing like quit wasting everybody's time for real. Like yeah. I, I know, and sometimes you work at a company that insists that you get three quotes from three comparable, blah, 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 blahs. I will literally call my vendor buddy and go, dude, we've already gone with so-and-so. Mm -hmm. That's who I want. I know you guys are in this space. Do me a solid. So let me tell you this right now. I can tell you who wrote the RFP. I can tell you the vendor you got it from. And don't you lie. You get vendors to write RFPs. You know why I know that? Because I'm being asked Dude. to build an RFP right now for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I can tell you, I can walk you through this place and tell you, yep, that's yep. their RFP. That's their RFP. So just 
straight, be straight with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's no, it's no different than being a practitioner and applying for a job. And the details in that JD are highly specific. And then you get told they had an internal hire that they went with instead. Dude, you're wasting everybody's time. It's all fakery and lies. Just cut it out, man. Yeah. Let's let's be more transparent. Let's be honest. Agreed. Uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming out, man. Palo Alto, thanks so much for doing this. We raised a boatload of money for Black Girls Code. If anybody else wants to throw in a hat, go for it. Uh, and feel free to say your buzzword if you want to before you do it. But for real, that's my charity of choice. I love that group. I donate to them every chance I get. I want to thank Palo Alto for putting this show together. I want to thank Chris Tillett for being a brilliant guest. I want to thank the audience, you guys, practitioners and vendors alike. We we got to come together. And yeah. I think I think this is a good. Well, I've learned I've learned a ton from this man right here, and I continue to do so. And that's why you, when you build these relationships, the what's beautiful about this community is I I had the communities practically donate to save my life years back. Right? It's a wonderful community. So when you keep things open and honest, and you're able to just have those conversations, you learn continue to build and we're going to make it harder for the adversary the goal is to eventually make it like a bank somebody is can still rob banks yeah but man it's a lot of work to rob a bank yes it is yes it is well chris tiller thanks so much for thank coming you. on down to the ranch thank you listeners y'all be good now take care